Welcome to the Kindness Warrior Podcast. I'm Carly Riggs, your host. So happy to have you with us today. In this episode, I got to sit down with Down Syndrome of Louisville's resident aging expert, Kathy Palmer, um, and she had a chat with me before she hosted an education session that was all about aging. She had special guests Tipa Snow and Beth Tesfay from the organization Positive Approach to Care, or as it's referred to mostly in this episode, PAC. PAC is a program that guides others in effectively working with people that are living with neurocognitive degeneration. This session was so informative that I actually asked Kathy to stay on the call and then talk with me more afterwards. And that um, chat that I had with her is available for you in our next episode, part two. Some of the more visual moments of the session have been removed, but we have the full webinar available for you, as well as some other aging resources in the show notes. We hope that you learn as much as we did from these aging experts. So please enjoy Aging and Down Syndrome, Positive Approach to Care. You are listening to the Kindness Warrior Podcast, a Down Syndrome of Louisville production, serving locally, sharing globally. Good morning, Kathy. Good morning, Carly. How are you? <laughs> Wonderful. I'm great. Um, I just Hi. wanted to chat with you a little bit before our positive approach to care guests join us today for our education session. So we were just talking about you've been at DSL um, just a little bit longer than me. So you are a little past eight years. Is that right? Yeah, that's correct. And you have kind of hopped around in every job <laughs> because um, I feel like you're several things have happened where you become super passionate about something and then you go and learn about it and it's like, oh, we're going to put you in this role. And then, oh, and then now I'm super passionate about this and we're going to scoot you over in this role. (laughs) Do you feel like that's kind of what's happened? Yeah, definitely. Um, I started out as a teacher, of course, at Down Syndrome of Louisville and was a teacher myself for 15 years prior to that. Um, And I started, like I said, I started out as a teacher and worked with our members closely every day, one-on-one. And you were a teacher in the Adult Development Academy? Yes, yes, Adult Development Academy. Mm -hmm. Um, Shortly after that, I was um, moved up to the Adult Development Coordinator and at the time was helping um, our director, Shelly Durbin, um, with planning and just executing everything that goes with the academy behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. Um, again, a, a little bit after that, <laughs> became um, the adult development director. And mm-hmm. Shelly took on a new role as director of waiver and compliance. Um, and so, yeah, I've kind of, I've been everything. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but I feel like in the last couple years, you've really taken a passion to our, the aging population. Yes, um, definitely. Um, I just, so many of our folks need that extra care, that extra support. Um, we, you know, because we service from birth to end of life, we get those folks that are older. Um, you know, I think our, our eldest, he may be 66, may not be quite sure on that age, but, um, you know, and the life expectancy of adults with Down syndrome is in their 60s. Mm-hmm. And so 
it, it's pretty amazing to see our folks going beyond that age limit. Um, but along with that also brings the aging process and, um, you know, can bring on Alzheimer's, which is one of many facets found under dementia. Um, and it's just, you know, when I was interested in positive approach to care, um, I just felt so passionate about working with that, <clears throat> excuse me, with that population to make sure that we were, that we were supporting them in the best way possible. And from there, it just flourished into getting my PAC training certificate, you know, training the rest of the staff and really seeing our aging population flourish in that way. Yeah. Well, we're, yeah. we're so lucky that, um, that we have you cause it's, it's, it, it is, it's new territory. Um, you know, because the life expectancy gets higher and higher and higher and higher every year. I mean, right. we, we've got the, the brand new, um, adult guidelines, adult medical guidelines that are out now, which are, are that's so exciting. And, you know, we have, um, we have this amazing study at UK that uh, the Alzheimer's study that that happens um, that's happening in Lexington, Kentucky, and um, yeah, we're just learning so much. So we're thrilled to have you. We're gonna come back in a few minutes and introduce your mentors. I know you're so excited that they're here. I am. <laughs> and um, Deepa Snow is a guru. I tell you, I'm just like I'm in awe with the way she has change the the alzheimer's community and the way that we support them so i'm super excited and then also my mentor beth um will be on as well so just Yay. really yeah awesome well we will be right back with tipa snow and beth tesfay thank you kathy we'll be right back so we are super excited to have our experts on positive approach to care. And um, I'm going to introduce Miss Kathy Palmer, um, who is our positive, the Down Syndrome of Louisville's positive approach to care expert. And, um, and she has gone through the training and um, you are a trainer. Is that right, Kathy? Positive approach to yeah. care trainer. Okay. Yes. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm just going to throw it over to you, Miss Kathy. Yeah, sure. So good morning, everyone. It's so nice to see you. Um, I've got two wonderful guests with me today. Um, one, of course, is Tipa Snow. She's the, the founder of Positive Approach to Care. Um, I love Tipa's philosophy and education um, in the lifelong journey that, um, that we have supporting those with um, dementia in many forms of it. Um, she has a person-centered approach um, and a relationship-centered approach um, with our unique individuals. So if we can say hello to Tifa. Tifa, give us a wave. Hey, everybody. And then I, I say a hey. Yeah. I'm from North Carolina and West Virginia. We go hey. Hey. <laughs> and then we also have um, Beth Tespe, and she is also... Um, a member of PAC. She has been with PAC for three years. Beth is a trainer. She's an engagement leader, consultant, coach. She has many roles within PAC. Um, and she's also have has been a nurse for over 20 years. So she comes with a wealth of knowledge and, and she has been on mentor 
um, for the last couple of years as well. I've been able to rely on Beth and, and shoot her questions and, and, and talk with her as, as she helps me, you know, through all of this. So I'm just excited to have you both and welcome and welcome everybody else. Um, so Tifa, I have got, I'm going to be doing some screen sharing for everybody. I've got some things that I'm going to pull up for you, Tifa, and, um, and get your input on. So while Kathy's doing that, one thing I would share with you is before I ever got involved in dementia in a aware kind of way, I actually worked as a teenager with kids with special needs. And it was at the point in time where people were just being aware that putting people living with Down or putting people with autism, young children with autism into state institutions was like a crappy idea. Now, families, many families knew that ahead of time, but unfortunately, authorities told people that they were incompetent and, and this would not result in a good outcome. So they should send them to the state for residential care. Uh, and that included people with autism, people with um, cerebral palsy, people with, I mean, these were children, small children. And then there was this very short window of time where they went, well, this was a bad idea. And they started closing all those systems down. Now, some families never bought in, but some families did. And then they received their more older children back and were sort of blown away with, but wait, I thought you were supposed to. And it turns out everybody was wrong. Kids can be a remarkable brain changers. And so the reason I have the name Tipa instead of the given name Tina, T-E-E-N-A, which was what my mom came up with, is because of a little boy with autism, a speech problem, and cognitive impairment. And so Michael couldn't say Tina. He called me Tipa. Tipa, tell me toy. Tipa, Tipa, Tipa. And I had Mark, and I had Michael, and I had Andy, and they were all special needs kids, which as a teenager was my fun when I wasn't in school time spending supporting families and kids and babysitting and all that stuff. So my early life, I first started off in developmental disability. So I thought I'd share that just to sort of give you a background. And then for 40 years, I've been an OT. So, you know, what can I say? Yeah. So that's, amazing. <laughs> that's amazing. Um, Tifa, I pulled up your, the PAC vision, the mission statement and the core values. And I really feel like you know, these are very important to to your mission and, and, and what we're trying to get out there with dementia and, and helping others learn, um, especially for caregivers. You know, our, I think our caregivers nowadays are can become stressed very easily. Um, and PAC is one thing that many facets of PAC, I should say, um, help with our, with our caregivers. So if you could talk a minute about our vis your vision and mission statement and core values, that would be wonderful. Yeah. And so um, I use my OT background to help out a little bit. So if everybody can get their hand out and put it facing forward, you'll, you'll see we do a lot of things with our hands because <laughs> we do a lot of things with our hands and how we do what we do and why we do what th things with our hands um, can be really clear to us, but it might not be so clear to the person we're trying to help. And so let's take a look at our hands a little more carefully and uh, take your little finger, your ring finger and your middle finger and close them down. And what I'd like you to do is have your thumb and your index up. And one of the things I really like to emphasize is 
do this with your thumb. I'm right. Say that and touch your chest with your thumb. I'm right. You're wrong. I know what's going on. You don't understand. <laughs> I am the one who's helping you. You need to let me help you. you now, do, <laughs> yeah. So if you just look at this from the side, like not from my point of view as yours, if you were to just look at this visual, this looks like a weapon. I mean, this yeah. is not help. This is a weapon. This is me versus you. So what if we did this instead? I'm with you. I stand beside you. I'm here to support you. Or maybe sometimes you might support me. But when people start developing or are living with some brain changes, they're different. They aren't the same as people want them to be or they used to be or how they want it. I need it to be. What ends up happening is this: we start to feel different and apart. And when that happens... Relationship gets cut. Ah, yeah. And that's not a good thing because what's happening there is we don't see ourselves as sharing and caring and supporting one another. I mean, we see it as I'm trying to help you, but you're not. I mean, so we're back to this thing. Suddenly it becomes more like a weapon again. So instead, let's, let's try this. Bring the thumb, bring the index finger and the middle finger together. And, and now move them around a little bit and now get both hands going here. And realize these are actually called the skill fingers in a human hand. These are the fingers that allow your hand to be skillful. Median nerve distribution. These three fingers, critical. You can't do much other than, or something you shouldn't with these, poke somebody's eyes, you know, do things like that. But also just these two, they just pinch. But when we bring these three together, button buttons, zip zippers, use them to manipulate a utensil, get them to, I mean, there's all kinds of remarkable things. Knit, sew, crochet, put a nut on a bolt, take it off. So many things we do are done with skill. And we also call them manipulators because we're allowed, we, we use them in together to figure things out. So what that means is when we're starting to feel like we're coming apart, maybe having a third party to help us realize, wait, wait, Maybe what we're having is changing skill. Maybe what we're seeing is we are somewhat different, but we still, with some work, can find a way to be with one another and enjoy one another and help one another. But it's not an either or. It's doing it together. Right. So it's all about, put your thumb up, it's about relationship. Relationships that are authentic. I mean, they need to be authentic and true. I mean, you can't be faking it. Making it doesn't work. It's got to come from the heart, from the brain, from the hands. You've got to act with intent, and your intent is to support. But then, this, this middle one, we've got to have curiosity about the other person. We've got to be truly curious and not judgmental. I mean, it's not this, and it's not, ooh, ugly. <laughs> we don't want to do that. That's not okay. So what we want to do is get curious in our relationships that are authentic to figure things out. Now, those are skills, but then these are strengths. These two fingers are different. These three get median nerve through your carpal tunnel. These are your skill, and this gives you great, great sensitivity. These two, all by themselves, they don't do a whole lot. However, pull them in. This is what makes your hand strong and powerful. 
These are your strength fingers, your fingers of power and strength. They give you a power grip. They allow you to hold on when it's hard, when you when you're getting to that place. And it's the ulnar nerve. And if you've ever hit your elbow on something, you know where that nerve runs. It's not actually a funny bone. It's ouch. But yeah. what's, really, what's really important about these two, take your thumb over. This is what makes us really be able to do this well for, for these people is that we want to operate with compassion. I never want to believe that what is happening is somebody's fault that it's somebody not trying, that somebody's given. Uh, I need to be compassionate about everybody involved here, all all the parties involved, because I truly believe until they show me otherwise that people are doing the best they can. And even when they do something, they're doing the best they can. It could be a lack of awareness or knowledge or skill. But if I can't do something to help, all I'm going to do is make it worse. So I've got to act with compassion. And then more importantly, at the end of all this, if I don't empower you, to be who you're meant to be. If I don't work on empowerment, then I enslave or encapture. And that's not what this is about. All that I do must be done with permission. All that I do must meet your desire to do what you want to do. So we use what we have to build awareness, knowledge, skill with people. And so that we transform things into a more positive care culture. Because until we do that, we aren't going to want to be cared for. And we may not want to be the carer. So there you go. That's that's the story. <laughs> no, yeah, just, I mean, just wonderful, Tifa. And and through my, you know, your PAC training, I should say, um, I've been able to work with the teachers at Down Syndrome of Louisville and, and really practice exactly what you're talking about. Um, we've just it's been amazing to see the difference in your strategies, you know, when we put them in place dealing with our aging population. Mm -hmm. um, and as we know, our folks with Down syndrome um, tend to age quicker. And so we, we start seeing signs of, of Alzheimer's. Um, you know, we have some that are in their early thirties, unfortunately. Um, and some in their 40s. And so your, your vision, your mission um, is very much a part of Down Syndrome of Global. And we really appreciate that. You are so welcome. And I am so glad because the other piece that you've brought up that it's sort of like we haven't talked about, if, uh, as is often the case, I have a child with Down, I typically have that child later in my life not uncommon. It's not my first child. It's sometimes my second or my third. And I'm getting close to 40 or I am 40. So by the time my child is 30 to 40 years old, I'm 80. So I'm in a risk category myself. And so this idea that both of us could be living with some brain change. Mm -hmm. um, and we know that many of us in the healthcare profession aren't young anymore. I'm just saying. Right. We also know that there's a high percent of us that are in that 50 to 70 age group. I mean, we're, we're a big care provider here. So I think as we're looking, we want to be looking in the mirror and then, you know, looking around to see where am is my brain maybe thinking. And I need support in a way I didn't used to need support. And there's nothing wrong with it as long as we acknowledge it and, and realize we, we need our team to come together. It sounds like 
you guys have done a phenomenal job of acknowledging and and becoming aware and and then moving forward into skill building. So that's cool. Yeah. Moving on, I'd like, you know, the gems are such a port, an important part of the program, I believe. Um, and something that I've had to practice myself over and over. Um, and I've gotten Beth's help before as well and just kind of reaching out to her um, because there are so many overlapping characteristics in each of the gem stages. Um, can you talk a little bit about the gems? I mean, I love the fact that that, you know, your quote is just like gems, each person is precious, valuable, and unique, and given the right setting and care can shine. And I love how yeah. folks that are changing um, are compared to, to our gems. Yeah. So I came up with the gems because the only other thing out there was uh, an older system from the Alzheimer's Association. I actually was I was the education director in the Alzheimer's Association, was early, middle, and late state. And it was all based on Alzheimer's. And we know now, wow, there's a lot more to dementia than just Alzheimer's. We have Lewy body, frontal temporal, vascular. We have herds of these different dementias. But the other issue is that then came along global deterioration, which simply focuses on what's lost. And I'm not how's that going to be helpful? Just focusing on what's lost. So what I loved about the model that I chose, which is based on Allen levels, but I say we're in a state of mind at any moment in time. And I come and go in my states of mind. I don't know about you guys. Sometimes I'm awake. Sometimes I'm asleep. Sometimes I'm in the, in the moment and I am so going with the flow. And sometimes I'm like, what the heck? I don't yeah. know what you want me to do. I can't leave me alone. I, I'm done. I'm go outside. I'm finished with this. And, you know, as I have ability, I can I can let you know that in subtle ways. I can say, are we almost finished with this conversation? And and then you either pick up on my cue or you don't. And even if you don't, you say, well, we have about, you know, 30 more minutes. I go, oh, 30 minutes. Wow. OK. <laughs> that would not be a joyful response that's sort of like i know how to control my impulse and not do what i'm thinking which is 30 minutes what right, you know? right. but as my brain might be changing or as my brain is different i may not be able to do that um and so you might hear oh 30 well, what is it you need me to do? I, I, I just, I, I had other things to do. I don't, I don't see why I should have to stay here. And you knowing what to do in response to that so that we don't aggravate or poke at, or you don't go cheap. You agreed to, I never agreed, which is a signal that, wow, my ability to hold on to data isn't what it was. What I held on to is I was supposed to be here. What I didn't hold on to is how long. So <laughs> getting frustrated, go, wow, that's an emerald moment, a little flawed, but still green and on the go, but not so good at detail versus, well, you, I don't understand. Why do I have to be here? You've got Beth. I mean, you don't need me and you're here. You're supposed to be knowledgeable. That was diamond. Oh, boy, did I cut. But I could also say, oh, Kathy, I'm so glad to be here. You, I mean, I love your hair. You look great. That's when I'm being a nice diamond. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure, um, Beth, in the nursing field, I'm sure that you use 
gem states all the time with your patients. Um, Absolutely. How does, yeah, how does PAC fit into your role? Oh, it just being able to identify my own gem site state and then know how to respond and help the others that I'm caring for respond as well. And I just want to throw something out there for anyone who this term gems is new. Um, everyone has their smartphones nowadays. If you go in the app stores, you can get Tipa's gems with videos and learn all kinds of useful ways to interact with the gems um, and learn more about the gems. The Apple and the Android store. And you know what would be super cool? It would be super cool if you guys in Louisville, with the collaboration and cooperation of some of your folks living with Down, would be interested in creating some gems demonstration for different gem states for the people who are living with Down syndrome. So we can see it in people who are living with this condition to start with so that we have a sense of what it's like when somebody already has something that makes them different. Although we're all sort of different, but you know. Yeah. And yeah. so then you have something that's closer to the image that you're looking at and the person that you're being with. And that that's, you know, so we know sort of someone with Down is not going to look the same as somebody who never lived with Down when dementia gem state Ruby comes up and right. poor just because of what has happened to their bodies over their lifetime and what they're coding is they have low tone in muscles. They are not going to typically develop contractures and patterning in the same exact way. And knowing that really important as a nurse and as a provider and as a family member. Even. And for those of you that are listening, uh, I am on tipasnow.com. I'm pulling up different screens. Um, to the right of the screen that I'm sharing right now is the actual app. If you click here, um, it will take you to the app of the gems. I currently have that on my cell phone as well and refer to it quite often. So it is an absolute great resource um, for learning the gems. Um, but Tifa, you're right. It would be great to um, create some videos with our folks. I mean, that makes a lot of sense um, in different gem states so that others are aware. So when you do a comparison picture, you're having somebody who is looking at, this is what Sapphire looks like. This is what Diamond typically looks like. So we're not using a model over here when we're looking at a person over here. And then too many people can't see the image the way they should because they're, they're, they're comparing it to apples and oranges. And we've got apples and we've got Macintosh and we've got Red Delicious. And then we have, you know, so we have all kinds of apples, but Apples are apples and oranges are oranges. And then we have all kinds of other fruit that they mix. <laughs> yeah, yeah. One thing, one thing, Tifa, that um, our parents and, and ourselves as staff, what we tend to struggle with is, is whether this is a behavior or is this dementia, you know, Alzheimer's. Because several of our folks with Down syndrome do have behavior issues. Um, and also underlying health conditions. Absolutely. And so it's important for us to rule those out as well before, you know, yeah, seeking yeah. that professional, you know, a professional saying, hey, we think so-and-so may be at the beginning stages of, of 
Alzheimer's. Yeah, and what's so tricky, Kathy, is we're on the first wave. People who are living with them are living a full lifespan. I mean, this never used to happen. You know, when I first started out, it was rare to see somebody with Down syndrome live into their 30s because of health issues. They, we didn't repair cardiac conditions as well and as early. Respiratory problems started up. People were not supported in living life to the fullest, and things didn't happen. There were exceptions, but there were not numbers of people like we have now who are living full, rich, complete lives. And now we're dealing with what happens as we age. Mm-hmm. And people with Down often have very premature aging. And so with the premature aging, they're just like our aging. There's cataracts, there's visual stuff, there's auditory changes. Um, there's problems with cardiac systems, vascular conditions. There's problems with head injuries that have happened over a lifetime of not having good balance. Um, there's problems with weight gain and obesity and diabetes. So, I mean, there's all these complicating factors And so that idea of building a team of support that helps us see the whole person and appreciate the whole person's normal so that we have a baseline of normal. And is this normal or is this something that's not normal? And as a not normal, are we seeing it episodically? Do we start to pick on a pattern? What seems to be triggering this expression of distress. And so I use the term expression of distress. People are expressing distress of some sort. And whether it's physical, physiological, emotional, spiritual, sensory, something is causing this distress. So rather than jump immediately, oh, I know what this is. This is this old behavior that you've had before. And it's coming back and we're going to extinguish this. We're going to fix this baby. And instead it's, huh. So, wow. Always loved Coca-Cola and now you're emptying it out on the floor. What the heck? Or you always had one Coca-Cola and we're satisfied. And now you're sneaking into the refrigerator and getting extras and you won't eat your food. What the heck? And that's where my brain immediately goes, wow, primitive brain is getting real active here. Wonder what's stimulating that. Is this something we can do something about, or is this something that is changing and we can't fix it? So we got to modify the support. So, guess what? We don't need in the refrigerator anymore. (laughs) Not not so much. I mean, we need to go to the little things and only have one, and we've run out, and we've got to have a secured area where we can have another one, or we get something else that stimulates. This is part. I mean, it is tricky. And it's not easy, but we only can get there if we're curious. I mean, as soon as we start doing, I know what's going on, or we think, and that's what happens all too often with professionals who are not as familiar with Down and are not as familiar with dementia and are not as familiar with the person. Yeah. We had a, or we have a fella, and um, he's in his 60s. He's our eldest member um, at Down Syndrome of Louisville. And Miss Nina is smiling because she knows exactly who I'm talking about. Um, but anyway, we we had discovered that a lot of his issues were the depth perception. Yep. And unfortunately, one thing we discovered, you know, this was, of course, the building was was built before we learned everything about PAC. Um, but our floors in our building 
we have our wood floors. The slats are like a light colored one, then a dark colored, dark colored one. one. Yep. And, oh, a dark. and we could not figure out for the longest time why he did not want to walk down that hallway. Why is he being so resistive? I mean, yes. what is his problem? This is ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh -huh. and, and of course, it was the depth perception. Absolutely. Um, he had this big black mat at the front of our door, at the entrance of our doorway. Yeah, I see you. I see you laughing already. Because, you are helpful. Yeah, he would not walk into our building. We're like, come on! Whoa, 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 whoa! No, no, no! no. <laughs> calm but down. You need to calm down. Uh, uh, uh. -uh. <laughs> now stop that. That's ridiculous. What are you doing? No, 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 no. Yeah, just, but once just, we changed, once we changed our ways, and we, you know, we adapted for him. Things were ran much smoother, you know. So Imagine we're Yeah. <laughs> Imagine you weren't scared the crap out of him and trying to push him in a black hole. Oh gosh, no. So no, uh, because you brought that up, let me just show you real quick. I thought it might be helpful. Take a quick peek here. I'm going to show you sort of what it might look like for him. You see this, right? Yeah. You guys got. It? Okay, well, it doesn't take much for people who are in that, what I described as that emerald state flawed. If I look, I may totally miss where I'm walking because I'm busy looking at the green light and the, the food sign and, oh, good, oh, that's where I want to go, that I may actually make a mistake in trip, trying to go across or not notice what does that green light mean because that's a thinking skill on top of a visual skill. And that 24, what does 24 mean? I'm so busy looking at the food and, and, and uh, oh, look, I'm going over there that I miss a lot of detail. Or maybe I'm just looking down here. And I'm getting real curious about that. What is that? And then let's say, what's the difference between that and that? Right. Well, we can see because we're aware of what's around that. That has depth. This doesn't. But not not for people who no longer have that capacity. And so being willing to see it from someone else's point of view, all of a sudden compassion and empowerment, wow, all right, let's pay attention. So there you go. I mean, that was just a quickie. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Also, we, um, and I'm gonna share this with you real quick and then I'm gonna stop and see if anybody has questions for you. Um, but the approach, your approach that you teach, hand under hand, I mean, has made a world of difference. The way, you know, the vision and how the visual acuity and how it becomes, you know, smaller and smaller as they're aging, the depth perception, just coming, you know, that, that approach has been amazing um, to our folks and just greeting them, slowly coming up to them, not startling them, you know, reaching the hand out hoping that they will take it from us. But if they don't, that's okay too. Um, and and using that hand-under-hand -hand approach. Um, I actually have on YouTube and um, a, a site where I'm practicing positive approach to care. So it's Kathy Palmer, um, positive approach to care on YouTube. You guys got to check it out. Um, don't have a lot of videos, but I do have some videos there where I'm actually practicing with our current members. And so 
um, and I also have some of the training there as well. So the approach, um, talk a little bit about that, if you would. Yeah, so about 30 years ago, uh, I was working with uh, people with developmental disabilities as well as elders and people who've had head injuries and strokes. So I was, I was working in neuro. And what I noticed was how different people responded if they could figure out what I was trying to get them to do or how I was trying to do something. And I started noticing that a lot of care providers would get right in front of somebody, really close, lean in and say things right in their face. And then suddenly, oh, geez, because what you can't do just as those folks can do is see what their hands were up their face was saying, I'm going to go ahead and have you hey, okay, okay, the person goes, okay, not knowing what it was, and suddenly hands are on clothing or trying to pull pants down or shoving something in your mouth, and it's like, where did that come from? Well, it came from here, <laughs> so I started noticing what happened if instead I turned my body sideways a little distant turn my face and went, hey, and I got you to notice both this area here and my face. And we were equal, it's parallel. And I could go, oh, hey, hey, Kathy, drink, Kathy, you, I, here. Now, if I offer my hand and you take my hand, then what we can do is together, I can bring the cup. And what I started finding is, wow, what a difference that made. And as I was doing that, people were watching and say, "How? why don't you have with her? And I had to come up with why was that? Because I, at first, I didn't know. I just knew that I was very successful and other folks weren't. And then I started realizing, oh, oh, oh. So once I figured that out, then I started helping people get that. And it was positive physical approach. And then... It was the hand under hand that not doing things to people, but doing things with people. So we're connected and figuring that out really not hand over hand where I feel like I'm forcing your hand to do something. So it was a learning process for me that once I learned it and figured it out, I started offering it out and other people would go, oh, it works. And it's like, yay. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, it's, it's just amazing the difference that that approach makes yeah. for our folks. Um, really yeah. puts them at ease. Um, and and it gives you some that, feedback, Kathy. The other yeah, thing, you yeah. know, if they are at ease, they don't have to hurt you or, or yell at you or spit at you. They can simply give you a hand cue or a body cue that says, mm, I'm not getting, I don't want what you have or I don't get it. Uh, let me just stop here real quick. And if anybody has a question for Tifa or Beth, um, and you'd like to ask her, this would be a wonderful time to do that. Um, our chat is open if anyone would like to um, type in the chat. But also, I have a question while we're waiting for folks to chat. Um, Ms. Tipa, do you have any suggestions for our members that might be joining us virtually, our aging members that might be joining us virtually, of tips on, since we're not right there with them, tips on, um, on how to you know, ensure that we're serving them? Well, um, one of the things I'd say is if things aren't feeling good, cause, call a pause and go, whoa, this isn't feeling right. Um, 
I don't know what's up, but something's not right. And, and one of the things I emphasize is cause no harm. And unless it's an absolute medical emergency or danger, 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 often when we move forward without having a firm appreciation for connection, uh, what we end up doing is making things worse. Um, so if, if what I'm doing doesn't seem to be working well, taking a second and going, okay, this isn't working. <sighs> okay. Let me think. <laughs> this isn't working. Let me take a step back to see if I can figure this out before I move forward. Because our tendency is to try to use our voice or our presence. But once again, without realizing it often turns into a weapon because we're not getting what we like or want. So being really tuned into, wow, this isn't what I thought was going to happen. Um, I'm surprised. So I need to acknowledge, wow, that was a surprise. I, I didn't expect her to slap me. Because I've always been closer. She's always been okay with that. I mean, I've never had that in a bathroom where she did that. I was in the, I was trying to help her with her shower. She's used to me. It's not that. But suddenly, whoa, she slung that washcloth and she did it with purpose. She didn't like that. And it's like, oh, wonder what happened there. And rather than, Beth, we don't do that. What are you doing? No, 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 no ma'am. No, ma'am. Now, like mom voice. <laughs> yeah, I'll, that's great. Or teacher voice. Mm -hmm. I'm very good at the teacher voice. So instead, go, wow, man, you did not like what I did. Wow. Okay. Let's figure out why. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Ow. Ow. That hurt. I also want to check out in that moment. Is she able to see my point of view? And 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 if she says, I'm sorry, then I know. She's now aware of me and is processing me differently than she was a few seconds ago. Before I was a threat, now I'm not. Mm. And where does my hand need to be? Up where she can see them. Absolutely. <laughs> um, okay, so we have some questions. One is, what foods help with progression, immune boosters, supplements? Do you have any tips on that? Um, what we know is glucose is not our friend. <laughs> that's that's the first message. The problem is our primitive brain loves it. I mean, it so craves it because it's a quick fix. It's a quick energy source. Um, that and sodium. Sodium and glucose are our two probably most dangerous things that we get into the habit of taking in when we get stressed. So looking at how can I provide a little but not too much. And what else should I put in there? And this is where eating things that are rich in a vitamin E, rich in antioxidants, eating that and taking it in. Um, we found out a while back that taking vitamin supplements for many of these things is, doesn't work as well as simply having a decent diet. And we could indeed move to smoothies, um, but we want to actually take in not only what we're taking in, but how much. Because it turns out, unfortunately, for almost all of us, as we age, we need less intake as we get older. Because too many of us are not as active as we used to be when we were 25. <laughs> I mean, I hate saying this, but, you know, this is a challenge. We also want to recognize that my ability to enjoy chewing and to get 
from chewing what I got from it before, I may either want to put more chewing in there and grinding kinds of things, which may not be good for my teeth. And I may not be as skilled at it, or I may not like texture like that anymore. Mm -hmm. So looking at how to get my nourishment in and looking at when in the day is a good time and whether we want to move into smaller but more frequent meals because my brain can't handle doing without for too long. And then it gets frantic and thinks it's not going to get anything. And so the possibility of smaller amounts but more frequently starts to be something to think about. Um, but in general, your mom was right. You know, you want to limit how much, but you should have some measure of enjoyment or what are we saving ourselves for? <laughs> right. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, okay. I have another question here. It says, how can we support those battling dementia and their caretakers from afar? With COVID mm -hmm. limiting our contact... Um, gosh, I miss those deep pressure hugs. Do you have any advice on how we can continue supporting during this difficult time? Yeah, getting really good at using Zoom as something that's fun and interesting. Ooh, check this out, huh? Pretty colors, yeah? Yeah? Ooh, and it says, we love you. We love you. Oh, I miss you. Ooh, listen, I love you. A bushel and a pack. A bushel and a pack. And a <laughs> hug around the neck. <laughs> yeah. A bear and a heat. So what I'm saying is we've got to get to be masters of sharing whatever we can share, however we can share. And we've got to get good at the thing we do have available, whether it's music and song or visuals or or memories a picture of us together or the moments that we can do things in parallel so i have something you have something and i started with "Ooh, hey beth look at that watch watch here we go watch ah i'll be Abi, you got it. You got it. And I'm pulling it down and pulling it down and pulling it down. Look at this. Wow. I got I got the first one. Ooh, now you have a bowl and your partner there has a bowl for you. And we're going to do it again. Look at that. You got it all the way. Big arm, Beth. Reach out. You got it. Because what are we working on now? We're stretching, stretching <laughs> and fine motor and attention to task and having fun and eye hand. And so at a distance, is it easy? Not as easy, but I could still do stuff if I know you and your partner and we work together. Yes. Um, I happen to coach our, our Down syndrome of Louisville dance team and we have a lot of we have a lot of squeezing and hugging ourselves in our dance, in our choreography. <laughs> There's a lot of hug, self-hugs happening. Eva and Beth, just real quick, I wanted to kind of intervene. We talk about music all the time um, mm. and how rhythm and music are one of the last things to go. Um, our eldest member that I talked about earlier, um, 
he loves his music. He loves uh, country music and John Wayne, and it provokes and it brings Matt back memories for him. Um, there was one instance when he was listening to some music, and Nina, you might even want to talk about this for a second, where um, he was listening to music, and it actually brought tears to his face, um, provoking those memories. And so we know that rhythm and music stay with us to the very end. And, and our folks had to love, like Carly with her Boogie Down crew, and the music that they use. Our folks love, love music. They love dance parties. They love celebrating. Um, and so music is a big part of their life. Yeah. You look great, Tifa. <laughs> she, well, yeah, she's, she put her country western hat on. You said John Wayne, and I know partner. <laughs> um, I have a question. I think this one is going to go to Miss Beth. Um, this says, our son is 31. He has worn hearing aids since he was eight. His hearing will most likely disappear in the years ahead. We never learn, or we never learn to sign. He can read at around a second grade level, but hates to write. Are there any tips on dealing with deafness? So I would say, um, as people, we know that they lose language skills and comprehension and speech production. So as people age um, with dementia, using our body as gestures. So as Tipa was showing earlier, you know, gesture about a drink or stand up. So it's going to be using big body movements in their visual field, being in their visual field range to make sure that you can communicate. Um, I love to tell a story. One of the best days I ever had at work was when I lost my voice. Because as a dementia educator, I know less words, more nonverbals and gestures is easier for people to commun for people living with dementia to respond to. And I had a great night with my residents because I could only use my gestures and I couldn't use my voice. And and Beth, we find that that works the best with our folks as well limited verbal language, using a lot of cues, very, you know, one, two word um, phrases, um, instead of putting all the mumble jumble in there that confuses them or upsets them. So great. The, the one added piece I'd, I'd bring is we wanna make sure that he gets to see us at a slight distance so he feels safe. And we always swing around and make sure before we move in, because otherwise we could really surprise him with a touch or with a movement that causes distress. And then we view him as being um, a problem when in fact we are the problem for him because of the loss of hearing. And when you don't have that, you have to use vision and we're not respecting the limitation that he's now living with. I have a question about, um, we have some of our members who are, um, have dementia or, um, you know, or maybe emeralds or diamonds. How do, how do, we, how would you explain it to the, to the other members who don't understand that they're, they might be going through some aging? I'm specifically thinking of wet kisses <laughs> and yeah. not liking the wet kisses or the hugs and trying to explain to them 
what that someone else might be not able to understand that you don't like that. Yeah. So the first is to acknowledge their reaction. Beth, ugh, for you, ugh, you don't like that. I like it. Kathy loves to you. She loves to kiss you, but you no. don't like it. No, I don't like it. Do you love Kathy? Yeah, Kathy. I love Kathy. I know. She loves you. And she wants to you. And she's, she can't not. Ooh, how about <laughs> you hand her a cloth? Could you, if you hand her a cloth and you show her, show her wipe, show her wipe and hand the cloth. Then, then, we, can we try? Can we try, Beth? Okay, I'll try. I'll so try. what, I'm the third party. So what am I doing? I'm seeing whether or not I can get Beth to learn to offer Kathy the cloth so she'll wipe and then kiss. Because Beth likes Kathy. They've always been good friends, but Kathy's never had problems with managing saliva before. She does now, <laughs> or maybe she always does, but now it's worse. And so what we want to do is give Beth a way to still have a relationship with Kathy, if at all possible. So maybe what we do is start putting a bandana on Kathy and have Beth have a bandana on. And so Beth shows wiping and Kathy gets the cue and now can kiss Beth. It's a thought. I mean, yeah, it's worth love it. It's an explore where we're sustaining a relationship by building some skill. And we don't know. It could be one of us going, we all have bandanas on. And all of us are starting to be a little more tuned in to helping the wet kiss turn into a acceptable kiss. Yeah, I love it. You know, not always, but maybe. Thank you. Because we all need affection. I want to say thank you for having me, Kathy and, and gang and Beth. It was good seeing everybody. And, you know, the person I really want to say I loved seeing was Megan. She has, you guys can't top the list. I'm sorry. You're just not as, you're just not as appealing as Megan. I'm watching the rest of you and Megan, I'm having a lot more fun with. You guys are like, okay, Megan's showing me the love. So I'm Megan, so you and I, here we go. Yeah. Thank you, Megan, and thanks, Kathy. Thanks, everybody, for the Thank welcome. you, Ms. Tipa. Thank you. You are so welcome. Thanks for having me. This has been the Kindness Warrior Podcast, a Down Syndrome of Louisville production. To learn more about Down Syndrome of Louisville, visit our website, downsyndromeoflouisville.org. If you have questions or ideas, you can email us at kindnesswarriorpod at d-s-o-f-l-o-u dot org. The music for this episode was written and performed by Alex Stotts and Owen Eiler. The Kindness Warrior podcast is produced and edited by Ethan Holstein, produced and hosted by Carly Riggs. Thank you so much for spending time with us today. 